You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that covers news and events happening in the world of Lucha Libre, talking Mexico Beast promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, and more. And, of course, a shout-out to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Now, this is normally where I would introduce the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. However, he is out this week, shall we say, a little bit on assignment, a little bit uh, occupied, <laughs> but we wish him well, and we know he's going to be back next week. So, in place, in the third member of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast team is who? Who am I talking about? Well, it's the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey, 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 how are we doing? That's not how this works. Well, I was trying. You you paused, so I tried. Well, I still had to have the pause, you know. Yeah, that's true. They're so used to our routines that when it doesn't, you know, quite come into place, you're just like, how do I do this? But no, we we still persevere. We still move strong. Um, But yeah, it is still not the same without Dusty. No, but man, is he going to be having a great time tonight? So, yes. Tell tell them yes. where he is. Tell them. <laughs> well, I I do know that he. Uh, let me put it into his own words. He had a a very special <laughs> place that he is. I just want to make sure I'm getting it right. Uh, let's see. Uh, hold on. Sorry, I can't get these random. Uh. Other things happening when, uh, what did he say he was doing? Oh, yes. Um, so today AEW is doing an exhibition basketball game in Kansas City. So he is out there, um, watching the AEW exhibition basketball game tonight. Uh, and fairly certain he'll be going to AEW in Kansas City as well. Oh, he, he said he is. He definitely yeah. said he is. And he's yeah. because he wanted, he wanted, he was hoping the big announcement last week was going to be exactly what it was. Uh, we're, I mean, we're not even going to get into the meat of the show because we're going to talk so much about this next week. He's at an AEW taping, but not just mm-hmm. any AEW taping. Yeah. The one 
where the match we've been talking about on this show for months is going to finally take place. Go ahead, Miranda. Tell them what the match is going to be. Yes. Uh, Tony Khan announced that for this week's Dynamite, we do have the dream match, especially the Lucha Libre dream match of Kenny Omega versus El Hijo de Vikingo. Yeah. So... There it is, the uh, wrestling fans' dream match. Uh, this is the big exposure that we're going to, we've been talking about, that Vikingo has been needing to get to, to just bust out in the United States. He's going to be a known name after this, even though they're still trying to treat it like he's not, like people yeah. on Twitter are saying, well, uh, only again, AEW fans. <laughs> to be fair, there's also a lot of AEW fans who don't know who he is, but, you know, just just like any subset of wrestling, you know, to be fair, I've you know, yeah. watched plenty of AEW matches or, you know, seen uh, heard a lot about people that I have never seen, mainly on the Japanese side of wrestling. Um, so now sure. I can somewhat sympathize for fans who don't know who Ihole Vikingo is. Um, but, I mean, this match was was. It was supposed to happen in 2021. Um, also supposed to happen um, again. Uh, as, was it in the end of 2021 um, that was supposed to happen? Uh, but we've been waiting for this for, for quite some time. <laughs> I want to say I feel like because I'm trying to remember, E. Holy Kingo won the Mega Championship at the end of 2021. And been champion all through 2022. Cause also time is a construct yes. and I don't always know when we <laughs> exist, but now we're still in the early phases of 2023. <laughs> so that, that's my, that's so, from what I remember. To spell out what we're dancing around, the original iteration of this match was supposed to be for the AAA Mega Championship while uh, well, uh, why am I having trouble thinking of the, what's the gentleman's name that the, you know, the Canadian guy that is an AEW. Oh, yes, Kenny Omega. <laughs> Kenny Omega. I don't know why his name eluded me right there. Uh, well, he was still the champion, uh, the mega champion of AAA. If you remember all the way back in that time, uh, he was the champion that was, we were predicting here that he, that was probably going to be the king of the takes it off of him. Uh, we had several insiders that were saying that was the match that uh, Kenny Omega wanted to have happen. And then uh, that didn't happen for a couple of reasons. We got a, a different set of matches from with AAA stars uh, that Kenny Omega wound up winning. And then, uh, then we wound up, then we went to, uh, Kenny Omega started his, losing all of his belts and, and, uh, lost them while the Kingo was either injured or retired. I can't remember which at the moment. And, uh, and then, and then we were thinking we were never going to see it because, hey, you know, they wasn't going to have the same gravitas. Um, yeah. Here we are. We're just getting it in typical AEW fashion. We're gonna just getting it as a random announcement on a Wednesday night. With two, yeah, with two that is, sounds like a very internet. That's a, <laughs> yeah, such a AEW thing to like have such a dream match and just you know no build up, no anything. Just by the way, we're gonna have this match on Dynamite. And we're not even gonna. 
do a very adequate job of updating you on how awesome and amazing Vikingo is because we assume you know how great he is, oh, which is yeah. what why we're here because we'll do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there, Darren is our long-winded. This we haven't even gotten to the news of the week. That's just where Dusty is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's just where Dusty is and everything that he's going to see, uh, you know, this week. So we anticipate, uh, getting a very interesting, um, you know, very interesting report back from him, uh, on, you know, what's, what's happened or, or what that, that match was like watching it in person. Yeah, I mean, this will be Dusty's first time having gotten to see him in person. And uh, it'll be with all the pomp and circumstance that AEW brings to a TV taping. So it'll be a considerably different experience than even the AAA taping that I got to see him live at. Uh, it's a little more, it was a little more understated at the down in Phoenix. And certainly in Defy, it was all mm-hmm. about... Uh, about the arena and not, uh, and not at all about any <laughs> extra levels of fireworks or, or locker rooms filled with top indie talent that may want to, to line up for whoever wins that match. So, yeah. among other things that could go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we cannot wait to talk to Dusty about next week. Um, uh, next week's show, getting his thoughts on, um, the environment, um, in AEW, you know, at AEW in Kansas City, but specifically that match and, uh, you know, what it was like to see the match that, um, Lucha fans have been waiting for now for, you know, almost two years. Yeah, and I'm sure because they always do some tapings, we'll also hear about some of the other luchadors that are inevitably going to be there because, they use them a lot more on the uh, dark and ele- dark elevation taping, so we might get mm-hmm. to hear a bit about maybe you'll see Commander or somebody else on that. So. Yeah. Very interesting. Thanks, thanks for uh, taking the bullet on this one, <laughs> Dusty. I'm sure you're just having a terrible time enjoying all of this top level wrestling content and a basketball game on top of it. Yep. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do we want to just jump right into some news? We've yeah, got a little tiny bit of news, but there's a yeah, bunch of let's jump into into news yeah, of the go. week. All right, so we talked on our previous week's episode about uh, Chessman and all of the fun stuff there. Uh, Chessman was scheduled to be in the main event of a Capital, Capital Lucha Libre show. Um, but in in the efforts of keeping kayfabe, they changed the main event because he's still, I'm using air quotes, I know nobody can see it, he's still suspended. <laughs> oh. uh, so they changed up that match. But unfortunately, in this modern age, uh, Chessman got got caught on in 4K, as the, the kids like to put it. He uh, was in Monterey instead of, you know, sulking somewhere that he can't wrestle training with uh, social media influencer Adrian Marcello, you know, the guy he supposedly uh, has beef with, right? Uh, <laughs> so then somebody filmed it, 
somebody did a uh, a cheer for Chessman, which is when Chessman realized that uh, he was being seen and attempted to hide his face. Uh, and uh, that did did not go very well because he'd well been on camera before that was said. So um, pretty much just confirmed that it really was him. <laughs> um, so this was all in a TikTok video. Uh, Lucha Blog has the link for that on the blog if you really want to see that. We we haven't put up the link for it over on Lucha Central yet. But uh, there you go. Chessman is going to be wrestling in some capacity with a social media influencer. So if you still had doubts that it was uh, some sort of, uh, of of shoot, it's not. It's totally a work, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> it's it's going to be a fun one. I cannot wait to see how the story shapes up. So before I tossed, uh, I did need to add that. Miranda, though, uh, you had a new story for me this week. Yes, um, it's been reported. This story I did find through Cultaholic, um, but uh, Lindsay Dorado is scheduled to return to Impact Wrestling. Um, and I believe Impact Wrestling has already released a graphic for this, but he is set to make his return to Impact um, at the Sacrifice um a pay-per-view. It's not so much a pay-per-view. It's an Impact Plus special, which is scheduled for this coming Friday, March 24th. Um, in storyline, he was chosen by the director of authority, uh, Santino Morella. Well, he's not even goes by that in, in Impact, um, but we know him as Santino Morella. Um, he's going to take on Trey Miguel for the X Division Championship. Um, so, as I say, return to Impact Wrestling. Well, because he previously did wrestle at Impact, um, it was last noted that he wrestled a dark match um, back in 2012 against Frankie Kazarian, and he's also challenged um, for the X Division Championship, but it was at a Pro Wrestling Revolver show, um, and I think that was a triple threat match. I'm sorry, a four-way um with uh, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, and Blake Christian. So that's one of the things, you know, about Impact is we sometimes do see their champions defend their titles elsewhere. Pro Wrestling Revolver is a promotion ran by Sammy Callahan, part of the Impact roster. So, again, that's where, you know, other things come in, in line. But, um, yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, scheduled to face Trey Miguel for the Exhibition Championship, which is that I – can see that how much of that's going to be a really great match and he just seems like such a fit for the x division um so you know it's it is something that um you know i think may plant the seed Uh, the x division is constantly kind of uh (laughs) evolving and um you know rotating talent and i think uh lince is a a great match to have and i would think actually a great fit for the x division yeah, absolutely. He is the mold of an X-Division uh, uh, a wrestler. Uh, he, he combines agility and attitude as well as, you know, I mean, so, like, they always have said in, in Impact that the X-Division is just about that uh, that uh, X-Factor because you could have matchups like Samoa Joe in there against tiny, much smaller people like your traditional luchadors. Uh, but, uh, it's about, but it always is people that are, that have that extra gear 
right? Uh, Tarus, I believe, is challenged a couple mm-hmm. times for the X Division as well. Um, yeah. And so, you obviously that's that's the the space that Lindsay would fit if you were to put him, dump him into a title picture immediately in that that promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sacrifice this. Friday on the Impact Plus, which is part of the Impact uh, Plus app. Um, but I am very excited to see some clips of that match. You know it's going to be circulating around the Internet pretty soon after. I cannot wait to see what kind of crazy spots they do. Yes, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, and, yeah, it, to your point, Impact Plus matches wind up on their on the official social media very quickly as well as results. Uh, are aggregated a number of places. We might even be able to get it up on Lucha Central very quickly. Yeah. Well, that does it for this week's news of the week. We don't have any results for Indie Roundup, but this is our time to plug it. Uh, don't forget, if you are a pro wrestling fan, <laughs> luchador, referee, photographer, promoter, uh, anything in the world of pro wrestling and you are a Lucha Libre fan, please feel free to reach out to us. We love to feature uh, shows, promotions, matches um, that feature Lucha Libre in the Indie Roundup. Uh, we are a little West Coast focused since both Brendan and I live on the West Coast, uh, but we want to be able to feature more promotions from all over the U.S. Um, and even Mexico. Um, so please reach out to us. Um, usually we save it to the end, but you know what? Let's change things up uh, and do things a little differently. <laughs> Let's share our social medias right now so that way listeners know um, where to reach out to us. So, Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I'm 321T-Shirt Guy. That's the number 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and on all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. That's where you can find Brendan. But make sure to reach out to us on social media. <laughs> Again, we love to feature different promotions and matches and wrestlers, uh, luchadores, luchadoras for the Indie Roundup. So make sure to reach out to us and you may be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Up next, though. You know what time it is. We are going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. 
check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live it's WrestleBoss where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And we are back with the second half of the show. Now, the big news this week is Triple A's World Cup. Now, we'll be going more into depth into this in the future next week when we have uh, Dusty back on the show, who's an avid Triple A fan, and I know watch this. But Brendan has some um, initial results or just some general results that we can talk about um, from the World Cup, which really highlighted wrestling throughout this entire weekend. Yeah, so I um, I have not had the opportunity to fully watch it. I was working when it happened live, but it, it and the replay is four hours, so it took. But I do have results, uh, so I'm gonna just go over some of the the basics. Uh, just a quick recap: we had a, a few teams here. We had two teams from Mexico, one of which was uh, Alberto El Patron, Hijo del Vikingo, and Psycho Clown. Uh, the other was Laredo Kid, Pentagon Junior, and Tharos. Uh, you had a, uh, you had a team, uh, this is the one that, uh, the, the team for Latin America, which was Carlito, Hip Hop Man, and Zumbi. And, um, the American team, Christopher Daniels, Johnny Caballero, Sam Madonna. So these were on the men's side, uh, just, uh, on the women's side, I, there's a couple more teams on the men's side, but I, I, we're kind of, because we're not doing deep results on this right now, I'll just, I'm giving you kind of the highlights of teams to keep an air out for here. Uh, so on the women's side, 
you had the United States team, which was, I believe, we all agreed they were, we thought they were uh, going to be the team to beat uh, mm-hmm. going into this. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Camille. Yeah. You had uh, Team Rest of the World, which features Dallies, Natalia Markova, and Taya. Um, it's uh, another strong, strong t- contender. And, of course, you can't have a World Cup in Mexico for Lucha Libre without the, the, the Mexican ladies being at least considered as, as somewhat capable of winning. So you had La Hydra, Lady Flammer, and this is the AAA version of Sexy Star. Uh, so right there, I mean, you've got a lot of teams that had a lot of mix going on. Uh, in the early rounds, you had uh, Alberto, Hijo the Kingo, and Psycho Clown looking very dominant, even though they took they took uh, the team Latin America took them to the limit. That's one of the reasons I wanted to I went out of my way to mention them because uh, they took them all the way to the ten minute time limit and they had to go into extra rounds. Um, and then Alberto got the win on that. And so the formatting wise, let's go over this because this is important for the whole show. Mm-hmm. It is a trios match with 10, a 10 minute time limit. If there is no definitive winner in that 10 minute time limit, there is a overtime period. And the overtime period then features only one member from each team. Uh, and if that that goes to a time limit, then it will feature different members from each from from the teams. Mm-hmm. Except for it didn't because Lucha loves to break its own rules. Yes, yeah. uh, it did have <laughs> so, a few times where you know a few matches went to sudden death, but it didn't go into mm-hmm. as they call double overtime or you know they didn't didn't go yeah. more than past the one. The main event did, in fact, but it oh, didn't okay. change up the members. Oh, <laughs> so yes, okay. That was why that, I, I that's have... That's true, like, just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it went into triple overtime, uh, and uh, um, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Uh, and the uh, We didn't get the, uh, the, the rotation. I was kind of hoping if they were going to have a triple overtime, we'd see a little bit of a change, but... Uh, we we got uh, we we got Johnny Caballero and Pentagon Junior in three straight overtimes of the final. So I've given away the goat here. That's uh, your main event for the men is Team Mexico. Some of the American announcers were trying to liken them to the Dream Team of seven years ago, uh, which was, uh, but you know I don't think it had quite the same emotional investment as at that time. Uh, but your finals did wind up with Laredo Kid, Pentagon Jr., and Tarus going in there against Team America or Team USA, uh, Christopher Daniels, Johnny Caballero, and Sam Adonis. Uh, if you guys don't, haven't figured out by now, that was the Mexican team were the heavy crowd favorites, and they really did not like the idea of the Americans winning. Especially because the match right before that was the American women going in against the Mexican women, so this was kind of mirrored as well. And so that is why I had all laid all these players out here. You had Diana Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Camille going against uh, Flammer, La Hydra, and Sexy Star in uh, the, the women's final. 
and the American women won won that one. Uh, I won't say convincingly because, of course, the the ladies put up a big fight, but uh, it was definitely a case of power yeah. and uh, and technique winning out over over the more yeah. passionate I mean, and and emotional. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and and it's and, and maybe it's that idea of cooler heads prevail, <laughs> but when you have the technical prowess of Diana Parasso. Um, the strength of Camille and Jordan Grace, you know, that is a very hard team to beat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that was the story they were telling. And I really like that that accentuated the main event mm-hmm. match, the final match of the evening with the men, because the crowd was now heated to see a Mexico win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and uh, unlike in the previous one, it was very clear cut who the, the crowd was behind on the, with the men. They wanted the Mexican team with a passion. Those were all guys that they, they were, were behind. There was, not, there was not a single Rudo on the Team Mexico side, whereas uh, they were all Rudos on, on Team America. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels has been, been a nice guy a lot of times in the United States, but he, he, was, not, he was leaning into his uh, darker side for this for sure. Yeah. And the Americans had been cheating all night long. They they had uh, uh, they had a manager with them. Uh, I believe he's an NWA manager. Is he working maybe with uh, with Sam Adonis in the NWA? Do you know? I don't. Okay, I'm I'm guessing this. He seemed to me he came out of nowhere. He just mm-hmm. was with them at the beginning of the night and cheated the whole bunch. Um. Uh, and so those were, you know, that's where we were at. But the other, like the other big match for the women that I wanted to to really highlight was you did have, uh, in the semifinals, you did have the American women going against the rest of the world of of Dallas, Natalia Markova and Taya, which is really like this was where the tone was set that the American women were probably going to win because this was the other team. You know, other than Mexico, who's always a favorite to win. This was the other team that I was, when I was looking at this, going, if those two meet, I don't know for sure who's going to win, because the story is very different depending on that. With Dallas and Taya on there, it would not be uh, a crowd-unfriendly move to have them win and go to the finals. It would be more of a babyface versus babyface sort of event, with Taya being very popular and Dallas being very, very popular. So... uh uh, but the American women did win out on that one, which was what allowed us to have this great final. It's a great event. Uh, and I, again, I will, I will just give the shout out here because, uh, because we interviewed Joe Dombrowski. He did a great job with the American or the English. The, uh, let's be honest, it's not necessarily for the rest of the world, but at least us. Uh, but the commentary team, and he did a good job of bringing the emotion. They tied it in. He, they tied in all of the places that uh, Taya has been, because he's been there personally for a lot of that, mm-hmm. as well as making us kind of more aware of uh, the storyline matchups. So I thought I wanted to give him a shout-out. We did do an interview with him, and he has talked about that sort of thing. So if you haven't listened to that, give that a listen, too. Um, but yeah, so 
big weekend with that. We've been throwing it around. We've been throwing the name around. She didn't come up in the file, but uh, Taya has been all over the news this weekend. So I figure, uh, Miranda, you have a couple other stories or things well, with her going yeah. on. I mean, we did see her debut on AEW last week. Um, we saw her kind of not not so much answer um, the open challenge for the TBS championship, but um, pretty much make her presence known um, as, you know, she was officially, you know, um, declared all elite. So she has been um, signed to AEW and then she made her debut uh, match on Friday on Rampage. Um, she still is you know, active within other promotions, but I think, too, this is kind of a sign of uh, things to, to come as far as where we're going to see Taya. Um, just recently, uh, she was part of the uh, Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. However, recently lost those titles uh, to, I believe, Kylan King and um oh I'm trying to remember uh the other the other wrestler um but she they pretty much just lost lost the uh tag team the knockouts tag team championship recently um so that's kind of a sign that you know maybe her time with with impact is coming up she's still the mlw feather uh, women's featherweight champion and this week on mlw underground she defends the title against billy starks um she's also slated to uh defend the championship um at their uh upcoming um events um, and, you know, right now it'll be uh, interesting to see where that leads, kind of like, you know, with, um, you know, uh, her time in uh, impact, if that is um, still, you know, if she's still going to be wrestling um, for them or not. I think it was announced. Is this the upcoming one? Uh, War Chamber. Um is uh scheduled for april 6th um in new york and she's scheduled to defend the championship versus delmi exo and so um you know we'll see and mlw doesn't record as frequently or doesn't schedule events as frequently um as impact that tapes weekly um even though they do tape in advance but um maybe uh you know she will able to continue to um stay with MLW while also wrestling for AEW. Um, or maybe this is a sign that, you know, things will shift over. One thing too, that was kind of unique. And we know that the AEW doesn't acknowledge. We've, we've had these long conversations too, about them not acknowledging Lucha <laughs> championships. I mean, we even saw it from, you know, even the graphic for uh, Kenny Omega versus the, uh, Ijo Vikingo. No, you know, acknowledgement at least visually about the triple a mega campeon um same thing with taya when she came out you know not with the reina de reina's championship or um even then commentary mm -hmm. didn't really put that over at least when she first came out i don't know if they mentioned it during her match in uh, on friday on rampage but um, that's still you know i believe, those I believe they did give a shout out to uh i'm sorry 
Yeah. I believe they did no. give a shout out to her triple uh, A time on announcement, okay. but I don't think okay. they mentioned. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, a very busy week for Ty. I mean, literally, you could see her multiple times a week on television right now uh, between Impact, yep. MLW, and <laughs> AEW, on top of her being on AAA, uh, you know, pay-per-view. So, I mean, she's still worldwide. Like, that is the Taya that we know. But it also seems like it may be a kind of a big shift for her in being signed with, with AEW and what that road ahead looks like for her. So uh, you, you reminded me of a little fact that I found interesting while I was watching the World Cup. Uh, because we've been talking about previously about st- potentially strained relationships between AAA and AEW. Uh, but every wrestler that was in the World Cup, their graphic when they came out to the ring and when their team was shown, not only were they shown with, uh, with them, with the flag of whatever country they represented, but they also were with whatever promotion is their primary promotion. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with the, ex- with the exception of, uh, Pentagon who was listed as triple a, and they did not mention AEW, other AEW stars were shown as clearly like Johnny, Caballero was listed as an AEW star, um, even though he's, you know, uh, and then when the graphic was there. So maybe uh, I've been rumors have been going around that maybe they're, they're working on on uh, mending fences with that. And maybe Taya's part of that. Um, so who knows? Uh, but, yeah, so I just wanted to, to that once you brought that up, I wanted to put that out there, too. We um, we did have the. Uh, have have the the graphic there. Taya was representing the rest of the world, but I believe she had. Uh, oh no, she was listed as independent on her graphic. So uh, that just adds more ambiguity to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, and I know it's still very fresh. So you know, it is like maybe we still don't know exactly what that means. But yeah, that's a really good point about the logos in the background and kind of representing a home promotion. And she's was you know, listed as uh, more of an independent. <laughs> I thought, I thought I was onto something. And then I, when I looked at the graphic again, I was, I was disappointed with myself. So I took us on a long road to, to no, talk about I how cool think... everybody else got treated, well, but add more ambiguity yeah. to hers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's still more of a, if anything, it adds more of questions, you know, what does that mean? Because she is all over the place, you know, maybe she doesn't have one promotion. Maybe it yeah. was tricky to pick one promotion since she represents so many. Um, and, and maybe it was something of because she's technically associated with, you know, three uh, major promotions um, right now. Could she really pick that she chose, you know, she's representing just one? And, and we still can't take it off the table that she could pop back into WWE with Triple H having had a much better working relationship with her reportedly. Yeah, so, well, I, I think it really goes back to how long her AEW <laughs> uh, contract will be or commitment. We've seen some that are more on a per appearance basis, some that are years, um, you know, and, and everything in between. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the tiers impact that too, because to your point, the uh, the per appearance ones uh, usually you get paid a little less, but you have the freedom to do whatever you need to short term, and uh, that that leads all kinds of places. And as Aubrey put out on on one of her podcasts, they they have the four tiers plus the the Chris Jericho tier. So we know she's not on the Chris Jericho tier because her name's not Chris Jericho. <laughs> but uh, other than that, we don't know which of the. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, it's just very interesting. But it was super cool to be able to see Taya to your point like three times while I was getting ready for prep on this show. Uh, normally, with a wrestler, I'm lucky if I get to see some of my favorite favorites once in a week. But uh, especially if they're they're working for AEW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such a huge roster so many people they need to feature um, on that I haven't even started on watching ROH yet the ROH tapings are going on that's test yeah, we'll get to that too but Taya could wind up over there too for all yeah really <laughs> really good point uh, Taya versus Athena match come on now I, oh, I'm take my money, please. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and that's that's what we will be spending our whole week doing, folks. Is just coming up with dream matches yes. for Taya in, in each promotion, and then yes. and then like We've done uh, that mystery matches we'll that we again. didn't know we wanted. Yes. That's true. We <laughs> yeah. nothing stopping us. We'll we'll be talking a little bit more, of course. Any uh, additional updates and and things happening out of AAA, we'll be getting some of Dusty's thoughts uh, when he gets back next week about the World Cup uh, and any other news coming out of AAA. Up next, we got a few other promotions and news bits to talk about. Brendan is going to give us a pretty big update on Rocky Romero and CMLL. Oh, you're you're ruining my my build up here. It's all good. That's pretty much. Uh, so the CML had a big event. Uh, it did have two big things I wanted to cover. One of which is the Copa Irma Gonzalez, which is a women's tournament, uh, and much in the same sort of format as the legacy, the the Blue Demon Legacy or the or the El Santo Legacy tournaments, where somebody gets a trophy at the end of it. Uh, which is uh, then going to be held annually, and uh, it will have a list of, of winners who have held that trophy in the past. Uh, typically speaking, on the men's side of those things, people who win these trophies usually are uh, in line to be a little more important in the card. If they were lower in the card, they might move up. If they're main event, they might move to to having having a title and defending it. There's lots of ways that this that wins here could be interpreted. We'll see how that plays out in the women's division. But the participants we had were Princess uh, Sugahit, Hera, Metallica, Stephanie Vacker, Reina Isis, Zuxis, Amapola, uh, Marce- Marcella, La Yarochita, Uvia, La Catalina, Sumisakai, Sanelli, and Valkyra. 
And uh, a couple of those I want to go over first. Uh, La Catalina is one that should sound familiar to you, Miranda. She That's the same one that was in NXT. Um, very briefly on television, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But she seems yes. to be thriving down in Mexico. Um, and then... Uh, Zooks' being back in CMLL is kind of interesting to me. She had spent a large amount of time doing the indies, but she never worked a AAA show. So uh, apparently that's good enough, and they're, they're bringing her back in. Um, and uh, I mean, a lot of the rest of those are pretty regular CMLL names. This was your standard format where they had a royal or a battle royal, and the order of elimination determined what. Which team you were on, the two teams would then face each other and uh, eventually eliminate, eliminate each other until you had to remain. Uh, the, uh, the, the last two, uh, uh, by the way, I'm reading this appeared to be... Uh, well, okay, I'm just going to... The, the winner was Princess Sugahate. I can't, with my notes, I can't make out who she was up against last... Um, I, I think it was Stephanie Vacker, but I'm not going to stake my reputation on that. Uh, so, but the, there you have it. Princess Sugahit won the first ever Copa Irma Gonzalez. Now, she's already super in the main event and holds a lot of titles, so this may have been more about establishing legitimacy for this tournament, and future winners will get bigger things. Who knows? But, uh, Still very cool. I'm happy that they're doing this on the women's side. It is uh, long overdue to have some more big feature events with the women's side, especially since they have a dedicated division that uh, CMLL really kind of breaks their back to uh, to, to do things in front of uh, a crowd that sometimes is just cynical tourists, so it's really hard to get a reaction out of. Uh, but your other match that we had, we had uh, Rocky Romero. Angel de Oro, Oraculo, and Volador Jr. in a uh, four-way apuestas match. So a mask or hair was on the line. And uh, because we already mentioned the big update uh, at the top of the segment, if you're guessing Rocky Romero got his head shaved, you are correct. Um, it came down to... Uh, it came down to Rocky and Angel de Oro as uh, the Oraculo and Volador... Oh, I'm sorry. It came down to Rocky and Volador Jr. Uh, uh, but Rocky wound up taking the fall, getting his hair shaved, and now we have a bald, angry man uh, <laughs> who is uh, probably going to go back to Japan wounded and, and have to come back later. But this, I, I like this because this allows him, when he comes back to CMLL, to be in another main event feud that could bring some of that energy over. If some of these luchadors go over to Mexico, go over to Japan, they could bring that energy with them. So, um, super excited that this happened on the same week as the... uh, as the the uh, World Cup, because I we so frequently glaze over CMLL results because they're so thick and heavy. I just wanted to make it clear I still watch CMLL even when a major event like the World Cup is going on. <laughs> so yes. 
Um, you know, and, you know, and the Indies as much as we can. To Miranda's point, I'm out here on the West Coast, but uh, I I will I've watched I, yes, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I still watch you. Uh, I know you frequently have luchadors, and I will shout you out as much as I can. Uh, but that was my update from CMLL. Uh, Miranda, do you have anything else we need to slip in here? Well, you read my mind, or you just read the run sheet, because as we got started... <laughs> um, so we record this show while NXT is airing, and so we don't get to see NXT live, but I did see um, some big news coming out of NXT um, that I did want to report on. However, before we get into that, I do want to share a little bit of an update um, regarding the women's division and specifically Roxanne Perez. Um who is still considered the NXT Women's Champion. Um, we haven't seen her in a few weeks. Uh, she collapsed after her match with Miko Satomura um, at Roadblock. Um, since then, um, the NXT have been setting up a, a ladder match, which originally was supposed to be for the number one contendership for the NXT Championship. However, um, since then, um, they have changed that for a ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, right now, we have Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Tiffany Stratton, and Lyra Valkyra um, all slated to compete. There is a final um, participant that has yet to be named. The main thing is figuring out, you know, is that going to be Roxanne Perez? Is it going to be somebody else? Now, we talk about the speculation because one of the things, if anyone has not noticed NXT storytelling lately, um, NXT storytelling is in storyline seems to be driven a lot by Shawn Michaels um, recently. He is part of uh, creative and been in front of the camera as well. And the running joke on social media is that the only stories that Shawn Michaels knows how to tell are Shawn Michaels stories. Um, so when we saw the breakup of Toxic Attraction, it was literally, you know, the barbershop uh, thing all over again. Um, it wasn't Johnny a barbershop window, God damn it. it. It wasn't, but, I mean, the door and the window, it literally was, it was. a segmented. It's the same. Yes. Literally the same thing. Almost the same thing. Um, Shawn Michaels has been involved in the Grayson Waller, uh, Johnny Gargano storyline and, and some of that realism. And, you know, this one, a lot of people are saying, you know, if there is a fifth person that is not Roxanne Perez, we are going to see, um, Shawn versus Razor for the Intercontinental Championship type of, uh, storyline come out of this, which if it does, cool, you know, no one is, com I'm not complaining personally about it. But it does make those stories a little bit more predictable. So um, we may see Roxanne Perez, um, you know, at Stand and Deliver. We may not. To to your point, the Roxanne Perez fainting after the match is even uh, a Shawn Michaels storyline. Like, yes. he has so many good ones that people forget, forget about this. But in the early days of Raw being live, the last 15 minutes of an episode of Raw was nobody on commentary and a camera just stuck on a collapsed Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the weirdest, most surreal moments where like, I couldn't just go to the internet to be like, was that real or not? Cause uh, it, like I said, the commentary was completely silent. Like it, it felt very real. And it was years later before I knew that it wasn't 
at all real. So um, I feel like that, it, it, whether that was intentional or not, that also was mirroring Shawn Michaels' thing, further adding fuel yes. to Shawn Michaels really only knowing how to uh, to do Shawn Michaels' stories. Well, another exciting um, event that happened on this week's NXT is that Dragon Lee came out and uh, ended up being announcing whether it was added to uh, the five-way um, schedule for the uh, NXT North American Championship. So uh, Dragon Lee's debut match, um, at least debut television match or event match, because he has already wrestled on NXT <laughs> house shows. So I know, I know before they come for me. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, well, and, and actually, I don't know the exact gist of it, but essentially, from what I understand, there was a video showing Shawn Michaels saying that Lee, uh, or that, um, that, uh, Wesley could pick his four opponents, um, as that, and, you know, Dragon Lee was, was one of them. So, um, we see, Dragon Lee will be in the ring with J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and there's going to be a battle royal to determine the last spot in the match on next week's NXT. Um, so that is such a great, great That's introduction fun. for Dragon Lee. Um, I mean, he's going to be in with some of the best competitors, you know, internationally as well as stateside. Yes. Um, you know, uh, in, in this one now, it's not, um, it, it's gonna be, a being a luchador in a five-way match will, I think, lend to his favor. Well, so, uh, until you had said that it was, uh, the, the, the mystery, there was a mystery opponent, I was thinking this sounds like, uh, Dragon Lee win. Because not only is the match in his favor, but he is the the star in need of the of establishment there. So that introduction made it sound like he's the guy that's going to win from seemingly nowhere. But now we have a mystery opponent. So that could be somebody returning from an injury, or it could be another just as hot young star. There's so many ways they could take this match. So yeah, and especially someone who has to, earn... to know who's going to win now. Yeah, and and the fact yeah. that it's someone that has to earn that spot from winning a battle royal means they're going to be fairly, you know, well, it could go a few ways, you know. Uh, it could definitely be a big baby face, yeah. um, you know, who who persevered and won. It could be a heel that kind of cheated their way or got the sneaky win. So, uh, you know, there's a, a mm -hmm. lot of room in between to see who it's going to be. Um but that's huge to have Dragon Lee come, you know, right through and onto a, a very um, notable match for Stand and Deliver. Huge match on uh, what is essentially a pay per view. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it's a you don't in NXT you don't get much bigger debuts than that. So yeah, good job on that, and it's, that's going to be an amazing match. Like yeah. uh, just that just will... him and Dragonov alone. Yes, <laughs> right. 
For those mm-hmm. for those of you who have not seen a lot of Ilya Dragunov because he was on the European brand, and we're over here talking about a North American subculture of wrestling and lucha. Uh, he is very very physical. He will so that the lucha libre likes to have this, the the uh, the manly chop challenge, and uh, Ilya Dragunov is not afraid of that either. Yeah. So just that you will probably just see them exchanging blows at some point in the middle of this match, and. You, your chest will hurt just watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, I mean, you have uh, Wesley, um, even J.D. McDonough, who is, you know, m- more of that smaller stature, but also is very agile, can move. Wesley is, you know, magic in the air. So uh, you're getting a very interesting combination of technical prowess and ability, high flying, speed, um, you know, and again, whoever this last person is, is right now the wild card factor, but you know, overall, um, this could really be a match of the night. But again, to the point there, uh, Dragon Lee is all of those things. Yes. He yes. is, he's fast. He is super technical. He is a high flyer. Like, so, uh, all of these, uh, like Dragonoff is super technical, but he's, uh, not known for his flying. Um, Wesley is a great flyer, but he's nowhere near the skill level, uh, as Dragonoff. Uh, it, but Dragon Lee is, rivals the, both of them. <laughs> so, uh, again, it's, it, it's his match to lose at this moment, except for that X Factor contestant. So, who knows? Yeah. Well, we are going to keep our eyes glued to stand and deliver. Uh, that again will definitely be a match that we all keep an eye out for, as well as seeing what happens with the NXT Women's Championship. We'll see if uh, it's another Shawn Michaels storyline or if uh, Roxanne Perez is able to come through and claim that last spot in the ladder match. Um, but what, NXT, you know, once again, coming out with uh, the important uh, news, and we just have to include it on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. So Bre- breaking Back news for to us. NXT being uh- must watch. Yes. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. When this comes out, we all news. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. We haven't talked about NXT in quite some time. Um, I know it broke, you know, my heart really when Legato the Fantasma left and moved up to SmackDown, that was really, uh, the last of, of my NXT coverage. But now we get our second wind, a new life with Dragon Lee. So, uh, very, very excited. Well, and, and, of course, still. and of course, yes, Roxanne Perez, uh, <laughs> with that as well. Um, but, you know, it definitely is, it's very big to see, uh, Dragon Lee make such an impact on NXT in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that they're doing him as a high profile release. So, yes. Good job. Or acquisition, not release. Yes. Yes, good acquisition. Um, you know, and if you want to see the, uh, learn more about the results from NXT and other shows, well, you can visit luchacentral.com, but there's a lot more that you can find on luchacentral.com. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on the website? Um, oh goodness. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited luchacentral.com, it really is time to do it. 
LuchaCentral.com. I'm doing this now as much as I can uh, because my notes lost it. LuchaCentral.com is your home for your online home for all things Lucha Libre. Uh, it's a place to have your, your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, uh, seen and read by the top executives in all of the Lucha Libre promotions across the world. Uh, it You can have... I'm, I've lost my place here. Uh, but, again, LuchaCentral.com is your, your place for all things Lucha Libre. So let's just do this the short version. Go to LuchaCentral.com, your free home for all things Lucha Libre. Once again, that's LuchaCentral.com, your home for all things Lucha Libre. Yes. Thank you, Brendan. And don't forget, you can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at Lucha Central com on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has hours of available content like previous episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast in English and in Espanol, as well as other shows from the Lucha Central Podcast Network. You're also going to see interviews, matches, and content like previous Expo Luchas that you're not going to find anywhere else. Don't forget to follow myself and Brendan on social media. You can all follow our co-host Dusty Murphy at Dusty Murphy uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And again, please feel free to reach out to us if you are a uh, associated with an independent promotion that has luchadors, lucha matches, uh, you know, Lucha Libre content. We would love to feature it on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. And if you are listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a notification each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and, of course, a review. Let us know what you think about our thoughts. Do you agree? Disagree? Are there topics you want us to cover? Things you don't think we should cover? Whatever it is, make sure that you reach out to us. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be with you next week.